Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Charlotte James, who is a holistic health coach who has a passion for helping cancer conquerors thrive in their body, mindset, and environment after diagnosis. She's also a breast cancer survivor and has been clear of disease for seven years. We are so thrilled to have her here with us today. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. Hi, Madison. How are I'm you? So excited to be here. Good. Yeah, I'm so excited. We, we were connected on Instagram um, and so excited to hear a little bit about your story today. Absolutely. I'm, well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity and the invitation. Um, it's really been yeah, how we connected. I mean, let's just start with that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's my business coach who just happened. She knew my um, my clients. Mm-hmm. And for her to connect us like that, it came out of the blue. And I was like, yeah. awesome. This is fantastic. So my name is Charlotte James. And I was diagnosed in 2012 with stage two infiltrating ductal carcinoma, which is um, aggressive form of breast cancer that is pretty much estrogen dominance. Mm-hmm. And so the diagnosis was a 3.5 centimeter tumor plus a one centimeter nodule of the right breast. Okay. Um, and so after diagnosis, I honestly didn't do anything for about a wow. month. Wow. I really just, you know, kind of sat with it. But I think the thing for me, though, was that I really kind of knew it. Yeah. How, yeah, I was going to ask, how did you find out mm-hmm. in the first place? So the year before, I had been doing contracts since I moved here to Atlanta. And I was only not even quite two years here after I had moved to Atlanta from up north. And so once I started working, I was doing a lot of contract work. So there wasn't any health benefits. So the year prior, I had tried to get a mammogram done Mm -hmm. because I knew my history and I just kind of wanted to check and I didn't have health insurance. So I kind of went through the social agencies to see if there was funding. And what happened was I was told no, that I needed to check back um, in six months. I can't believe they said that. And so, yeah, they they said that they had run out of funding. And so Mm -hmm to check back in six months at that time I didn't technically feel anything okay but I I could sort of tell something was there Mm -hmm. and my history was my history had been since I was probably in my early 20s I would generally feel something Mm. and so I really had to push my um gynecologist early Mm -hmm. to do mammograms because they were against it. They're like, no, you know, your breast mm-hmm. tissue is too dense. Mm-hmm. We won't be able to see anything. And I said, listen, I have a history on both sides. I want the mammogram. I'll take the responsibility, mm-hmm. whatever. And so they started mm-hmm. doing them as early. I think I was probably around maybe 26, 27 wow. when, they, when they started doing them. And I would request them periodically because I would see something periodically. It didn't stay, mm-hmm. but it was enough. So like I said, the year prior, so six months fast forward. Now here we are in October of 2012 and pretty much I knew Mm. I had actually just came back from seeing my great uncle who was pretty much dying of prostate cancer. Wow. Mm. And I remember when I landed back and he was in, he lived in New Jersey at the time. I remember when I landed back and physically put my first foot on the ground off of the airplane. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing the Lord say to me, you need to check that out mm-hmm. now. Wow. And so for me being a Christian, I believe in Jesus. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I have a strong faith. I said, okay, Lord. And so I could feel it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, yeah. present sort of. It was like you know easy I mean? to ignore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you know, I felt that before. So I went ahead and tried to see if I can get funding again because I have no health insurance. Mm-hmm. And I was told, we're going to send you to, and I told him, I said, listen, I need to have, I need to have a test done. I need to have a mammogram done and I need it done ASAP. Mm-hmm. And so they told me that 
okay, what we're going to do is we're going to send you to um, the Department of Health. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they did. They did the mammogram. And interesting enough, when I went there, talked to the young woman, she was like, oh, my gosh, she said, you're so calm. And I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) I kind of know what what I'm up against because I just knew it. Mm -hmm. And so then fast forward, did the test October 5th which was 11 days before my 49th birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's when I got the diagnosis. And it was also the same day that my current contract employment position ended. Mm -hmm. So now I was unemployed. Mm -hmm. The, 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 The interesting thing is that my, my very good friend, we've been friends for more than 20 years. She was actually here visiting that weekend. Mm -hmm. So when I got the call, she was actually here in Georgia with oh, me for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Good and we were going out. Other. Yeah. And we were going out. And I said, so after I got the call, it was on like a Friday. I said, we're still yeah. going out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do I, it. I said, we were going out. They were having like the taste of um, the taste of Atlanta. They called mm-hmm. it. It's like an open all the restaurants and everything, they come out and they pretty much have like a street food festival oh, that's great. in downtown. Yeah. And so oh. I said, we're yeah. going. And she was like, <laughs> Good are for you? you. And I'm like, I said, yeah. I said, well, you are here for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to let that ruin. And even my breast surgeon, when he called me, he was yeah. kind of like, I was kind of hesitant as to give you this information. Before. I'm like, well, I mean, honestly, would it have mattered if it was before the weekend or after? Yeah, doesn't yeah. really change. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's still no. that kind of news that's not going to make a difference mm-hmm. what, right. time, what day it is. Yeah. Good thing was she was here. And so, you know, from there, I really took the first month and I just did nothing. I really, because initially, I think when we're, we're given that diagnosis and we finally have the final, you know, testing done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind of like is, okay, now this is really something I have to really decide what is happening, Mm -hmm. be engaged, be in the moment. And so I remember just, I said, Lord, and firstly, I was like, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that and I'm not doing Mm -hmm. this. So that was my attitude. However, being a believer, my life is not mine. Mm -hmm. And so I said, Lord, Mm -hmm. you know what? Mm -hmm. You need to tell me what it is that you want me to do. So I really took that month and I prayed. I began to fast Mm. and I really just stayed away from everyone. Mm -hmm. Now my breast surgeon um, Mm -hmm. and I had an oncology doctor, I was interviewing them at the time. And I say interview because if they were not going to be open to doing some things that were natural, Mm -hmm. then I didn't want them. Yeah. Good for you. That's that's really hard to, I think for a lot of people to do because you just like you grow up and you're, you trust everything the doctor says, you know? Exactly. So from there, I just, that first month, and here's the interesting thing. After the month, I was like, okay, I I felt a peace Mm -hmm. and the Lord really gave me a dream. And in the dream, it was my daughter who is, she's now 36. Mm -hmm. At the time, her and I were in the dream and Mm -hmm. the Lord showed me this house and it was in the middle of this beautiful neighborhood and people in the entire neighborhood, including myself and my daughter were we were preparing the house for a storm mm-hmm. and I could almost mm-hmm. smell, you know how you can smell salt water in the yeah. air. Mm-hmm. That's what I smelt when I was dreaming. Wow. And so we were boarding up the house. We were securing everything because we knew that there was a storm coming mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to involve water. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else in the neighborhood is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. The dream now shifts and we're now back at the house mm-hmm. and we're surveying the damage. Now, honestly, in the neighborhood, some of the houses weren't even there Mm -hmm. and some of the houses were still standing, but you could tell the damage that our house, my house, which we were going back to, to survey, you could tell that, yes, the shingles were flown off of the roof. Mm -hmm. The shutters were missing. Um, you know, like some of the siding was gone. So we went inside and you know, the, the whole house, I mean, you could tell things were knocked over. Mm -hmm. However, our house fared, relatively phenomenal compared to the rest of the houses in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her, I said, what does that mean? He said, Mm -hmm. you are the house. He said, cancer is the storm. Mm -hmm. He said, your foundation remains intact. So this Mm -hmm. is not going to shake your foundation. 
this is something that you are going to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard, I'm like, okay, so let's, let's go. It's amazing. <laughs> let's, wow. let's get it moving. Yeah. And so it was that realization that, you know, um, and that's, that's my history with, mm-hmm. you know, my spiritual belief. Yeah. I mean, I, I wait and see what God wants me to do because yeah. like I said, my life is not mine. Mm-hmm. If I surrendered my life, then now I'm waiting to see, okay, what is it that you want me to do with this life? Who's, whose life am I supposed to touch? And mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like had this not have happened, I don't, I really don't know that I would be a health coach today. Right, yeah. I think the, sorry, Paige, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, Charlotte, you're giving me goosebumps over here. <laughs> totally. Like, you're extreme faith i think Mm -hmm. is something that so many can have like a different perspective on when going through this journey because people take it so differently every person is so unique how they how they run with it and my first question is were you always this religious or did it come more when you kind of knew through your history that things like you were saying in your early 20s felt a little off and like when when did your extreme faith start that was my exact so question I think- <laughs> <laughs> good insane Great <laughs> I, love it. I love it um i would say for me um no my 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 i grew up in the church i mean my mom you know she kept us in the church and i think at that point things as you said were very religious we went to a building. We engaged mm-hmm. in everything that happened. Mm-hmm. But for me, it became more of a personal relationship when I was about 32 years old. And I said, you know, everything that I've been doing in this life, it's not working. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. I mean, when I tell you emotionally, I was a mess. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was a single mother. I'm raising this little baby girl that is so precious and so just loving she became my saving grace. I can't even tell you how many times because I was done. Mm. Things, I mean, relationships that were horrible, you know, being, um, coming through, um, divorced parents. I mean, my parents were together for, till I was nine. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot that had happened mm-hmm. in my life, abuse. So everything culminated. And here I am now at 32 and I made this, I said, you know what? I can't keep doing this because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm getting nowhere. And I literally felt like my entire life for about a 10 year span, exactly. It just, I was just existing. Yeah, wow. And so when I just surrendered, I remember moving from New Jersey where I grew up to Connecticut. And when I got there two weeks after, I'm like, this was the biggest mistake of my life. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm with this person, I'm in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and we're, and this had been going on for six years on and off. And I'm saying to myself, this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, it was not a mistake. It was exactly where God wanted me to be in order to be able, because I had initially got saved in 91, Mm -hmm. but it was like superficial. It was like the religion, like you're talking about. It's like, okay, that's done. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm checking something off of a list. And I'm like, no, by the time I got to Connecticut, I said, no, I, it's just like, when you think about relationships that we have nowadays, with friends or with family members, you invest time. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not investing time, yeah. what's the point? It's not a relationship. Right. So I began to really invest all of me. Mm. And I tell you, it was the best decision. And when I say decision, right. that changed from now mm-hmm. a religion into a personal walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was who I was becoming that I was mm-hmm. always meant to be. And so my faith has always been based on my relationship. Mm -hmm. And and just like we had the conversation (laughs) when I was in that one month, you know, that's the conversations. It's just like I'm talking to you. It's not, you know, I don't have to be someplace. I don't have to be doing something. It's just like, Father, what do you want me to do? Mm, Because it's simplified. It's not very simplified out of your way. Yeah, no. And it's not this, you know, mystical. No, it's very practical. Um, And so that's the type of relationship that we have. So and I've always been a dreamer, Mm. always. I mean, I'm a dreamer. My mother's a dreamer. My daughter's a dreamer. (laughs) (laughs) Runs in the family. (laughs) 
Um, and I tell my mom one time, I said, you know, you dream in like miniseries mm. style. Yeah. I dream <laughs> in like, they're more like clips. And so I have to kind of, you know, I'm left with, okay, Laura, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so I've learned over the years to really try and figure out because that's how God speaks to us. If you think about mm -hmm. it, when it's during the day, we're too busy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got, and I'm a single mom. I'm trying to raise this baby girl. Going to Connecticut was the best, the best bittersweet thing that had ever happened to me because it gave me an opportunity to really learn about who God really is for myself, mm -hmm. not because somebody was making me go to church, not because, right. you know, I had this obligation. It was because I chose to do it. Mm -hmm. And the life yeah. that I was living before then was when I tell you a hot mess, hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was all hot mess. <laughs> so I'm grateful. And so I, so going into the diagnosis, it really, it didn't shake me. I tell people having cancer was not the worst thing that happened to me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was something that happened to me that was not good. Mm -hmm. But I always believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Every, we may not understand it at the time that we're going mm -hmm. through it, but I guarantee you that it has a reason. It's just up to us to ask the questions. What does this mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Not why did it happen? Because mm -hmm. I, and I never was one to say why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was always one to say, well, why not? If I'm, if there's one in eight, why not? Yeah. 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 There must've been a reason I was chosen to go through this. Absolutely. And I tell you, there were times when I actually literally were going in the um, infusion center and I would wake up that morning and the Lord said, you're going to be praying for somebody today. I'm like, okay. So it literally would happen. Wow. I remember having the port. Amazing. You know, here I am with the port. Right. Got the chemo going in over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm holding somebody's hand. And it, it, this woman, she would come in and she would bring like um, the footies and the hats. Because, mm. you know, somebody's always giving you something. Yeah. So she would come with this basket and she began to tell me about this ministry that her and her son had created. Where mm -hmm. when she was going through, she really people were always doing it for her. So she made these booties. I mean, these hats and everything, but I knew there was something different when she walked by me. I'm like, are you okay? Mm. Now I'm hooked mm -hmm. up. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the nurses yeah. have to cover themselves from head to toe <laughs> right. in order to be able to even come near you to give you this medication. Yeah. And I just knew, I sensed that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when I asked her, I said, are you okay? She said, um, it's interesting you asked that because you know, of course, you know, I'm a breast cancer um, survivor, too. And but this was several years ago. She said, well, I just found out two days ago that it came back and oh. it came back in three different parts of my body. Oh, my goodness. Mm. And that's all I needed to know. That was the person mm. I said, do you want do you mind if I pray with you? Yeah. And mm. she said, absolutely. So my mother love my mama. Mm -hmm. Okay. My mother stayed with me the entire time from the time before I had surgery all the way through until I went back to work. Wow. So I'm in the infusion center and I'm holding, I said, mom, she knows me. She's like, mom. So I'm holding my mother's hand. I'm holding the other <laughs> hand, this woman, and we are praying. I mean, praying for her like wow. she was somebody in my family oh, because that's, that. you know, that's, it's not ours. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. The, the relationship that I have is not just for me. Mm -hmm. It's for whomever I'm supposed to connect to, to touch right. and to reach mm -hmm. so that they can be just as free as I am. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, that happened a few times. And so yeah. I've never really, I think the weirdest thing, I think one of the questions that um, you had asked was what was the funniest thing that happened? Mm. I think for me, it was, I never felt like it was about me. Yeah. I felt like I was wow. in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would tell people that. I said, and I would tell my mom all the time. I'd say, mom, you know, I really feel like, I, I feel like I'm in a movie. Yeah. And yeah. even though, you know, you have like your, you know, your star and then your co-star, mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. felt like I was somebody that was in the back, you know, <laughs> background. Um, you know, with the lights and the cameras and stuff like that. <laughs> I never felt like it was about me. I always, and I say that because that's the best example that I can give of how I said, 
I feel like I'm in a movie. I feel That's like incredible. I'm the focus is really not on me. Mm-hmm. I'm just the one that everybody wow. sees. Right. Yeah. But it's really not even about me. And so yeah. um, my initial what happened first was I was contemplating having surgery. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward now, here we are after the month. Of course, you know, the doctor, breast cancer is like, okay, Charlotte, you know, we need to kind of like, you know, what do you want to, and I said, listen, a person that had been taking no medication every day, worked out for an hour every day, ate really well. I mean, I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I was the healthiest one in my family, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, this body, I know. So I would rather take that into surgery. He wanted me to do chemotherapy first. And Mm -hmm. I said, no. Mm -hmm. Because I know this body. I said, once you fill a body with chemotherapy, I won't know what that body is. Right. I I believe it's a different body. And so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before, during that month, he was like, well, you know, they knew. I think my doctors knew because I made it clear that give me the information because I'm going to do my own research so that I can find out, you know, not just, you know, I'm not questioning you, but I'm just saying yeah, in a sense, I am questioning you. And I'm not afraid to say, you know what? I need the information too. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah. fine. I really had really great doctors. And mm-hmm. so during that month though, <laughs> what happened was I could feel, I said, this, I believe this thing has shrunk. Cause I could mm-hmm. literally feel it right in between my, under my arm and where, you know, your, your body just starts. And I said, I just, it mm-hmm. feels like it shrunk. So I said to him, I said, you know, I feel like this thing is shrunk. He said, no problem. He said, we'll do another ultrasound. I said, okay. So I go into his office and at this time he was going to do, um, put the biopsy marker in. Mm -hmm. And Uh so I said, yeah, let's, let's do another measuring. He said, sure. No problem. So we go in and I said, Lord, I'm not even going to look now. Mind you, the screen, if you guys, you guys know the screen is like right here. I'm laying down (laughs) and I see at the time it was the breast surgeon he had like a, um, somebody that he was training and it was the nurse. Mm, yeah. And so I said, Lord, before I went in, I said, Lord, I'm not going to even yeah. look at the screen. I'm going to look at that. Right. And yeah. that's going to tell me reaction. What Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So they initially started maybe about foot and a half, two feet from the screen. Uh-huh. The mm-hmm. more he started measuring, he was, they yeah. all took the same <laughs> at the same time. Are we seeing this right? <laughs> and it was so funny because they were, they were in sync. And it was like, they were, by the third step, they were both, oh all three of them at the same time were like, and oh, I'm just looking at them. So I said, funny. oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's wrong. Yeah. So I yeah. Said, well, what's going on? And they were like, he said, well, Charlotte, you know, um, he said, yeah. He said, it did shrink. He said, let me just, you know, wow. get some measurements. So it went from 3.5 centimeters down to 2.9. Oh my wow. God. And they couldn't even find the one centimeter nodule. <gasps> wow. And that's crazy because you would think in that month's time, if anything happened, something would grow in your body if it's right. cancer, not right. shrink. Yeah. So that must have been wow. such a wild thing for them to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I said to my Like you said, surgeon, from their face. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I said to the breast surgeon, I said, he said, well, Charlotte, um, yeah. He said, you know, we can't even, I can't even find the module. And I was like, hmm. And so he said, go ahead and get dressed. You know, we'll wow. talk. So he came back mm-hmm. in after I got dressed and I said, um, I said, I'm going to say something. He said, now, Charlotte, you know, I don't know if it was divine intervention. He said, I'm not quite sure, but we need to stay on track. You know, we need to, and he's going on and I'm like, yeah. I said, okay. I said, but God didn't do that for me. He did that for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I will tell you, I do feel much more comfortable now doing the surgery as opposed to before. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. And I said, That's amazing. yeah, he did it for you. He did. And so this led me back to what I said earlier. I felt like I was in a movie. Right. Yeah. I felt like yeah. I was just going through the scenes and everything mm-hmm. and I'm not the star. And yeah. so yeah. I wound up having, and so initially when I talked to him, I was talking about doing a lumpectomy. Mm-hmm. After that month, I said, you know what, Lord, if I'm doing surgery, I'm doing it one time. I'm not going mm-hmm. back right. in because I had done research where women, after having a lumpectomy, if they don't get all the margins, which if yeah. you look at a tumor that's the size of two centimeters, they literally have to cut out about a five centimeter area 
in order mm-hmm. to be able to ca- and so the margins are if you think about like a star mm-hmm. the star you can see the center but it's it bursts out all those tentacle bursts the, the, mm-hmm. the doctor has to get all of that in order for them to call it a success if they right. don't and they leave the margins then they have to go back in and i said no that will not be me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision yeah. to go ahead and have a double mastectomy, a bilateral, mm-hmm. they call it mastectomy, and had both breasts removed. And my mom was like, are you sure that's what you want to do? And I said, listen, I'm still the same. I'm still Charlotte. Whether I got breasts yeah. or not, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still the same person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, and I'm not going to be revisiting this. I want to see my grandkids. Right. I don't, I don't want to have to keep dealing with, you know, oh, well, and my mother, ironically, when she was 65, she actually had breast cancer as well. Mm-hmm. But hers mm-hmm. is like a one, maybe a one centimeter nodule. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it was very, she wound up having lumpectomy and she didn't do anything else. So oh, wow. um, fast forward, I had that in, it was a few days. I don't know what it was about the holidays, but it happened. The surgery was, I think it was make three days before. Um, yeah, it was the 22nd of November. So it was just mm. before Thanksgiving. My mom was there. My daughter was there. And so I'm recouping from the surgery. And then mm. in December, a month later, I wound up having, I was scheduled to have six chemotherapy treatments with mm. Taxotere, Carboplatin, and Herceptin. Because it was her to new diagnosis, which meant that it was estrogen positive dominance. Mm-hmm. Herception was like, Herceptin was like this big deal that, you know, they had discovered this drug that they could actually treat that, that hormonal portion of the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so okay. um, I went in every 21 days, the first treatment literally landed me up in the hospital. Oh gosh. Mm, wow. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I was relatively healthy, mm-hmm. but yeah. that first treatment and I've, and my breast surgeon, my um, oncology doctor, she kind of was going by that, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're really a healthy person other than, you know, the tumor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so she didn't give me nupo- nup- the nupogenics shot. Oh, okay. Right. After the chemo, she didn't give it Correct. to you. Mm. And so without that, and I, I, they didn't know it right away. Cause I think right after it, I remember taking a picture cause I was cute yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. driving home one Sunday and I was like, I need to take a snapshot of this. So I took yeah. a picture and I'm like, and I posted it after first treatment, booyah. And so, um, yeah, I was like, no, let me just take it easy. So after that first, um, treatment, yeah, it was about that. Maybe a few days later, they just, they said your, your white blood count is, is diminishing. So I would have to go in every day in order to get this shot. So you were getting, yeah, you were getting the Nupogen shot. Right. So, so I would have to go in every day and get this Nupogen shot. And by day, so at then, so back up every Friday, mm. even though I had my treatments all three, every 21 days, every Friday, regardless of whether or not I was having treatment or not, I would go in and have Herceptin treatments. So, yeah, so every Friday I was there and then every Mm -hmm. 21 days I was there. So pretty much every week. Um, Yeah. By day, I think it was around the end of day two. I mean, my energy level was non-existent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom was here. I had to drive because I had a stick shift. She didn't know how to drive the stick shift. Um, <laughs> it was just I'm like really and so oh, oh so I had no choice I had to drive you know to the hospital and by that Friday I remember my mom came in like three times she's like honey she's like we you got to go and get this shot and I'm like mom I can't I, I just I had no mm-hmm. energy I mean I literally it was yeah. it, it took every strength that I had to get up out the bed it was that bad right so right. I said okay you know I'm getting up and I'm struggling and so I finally got myself together. I just throw on whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I get mm-hmm. to the hospital and they tell them, they took the, the, they took a blood test initially, which they always did. And they said, mm-hmm. they said, they didn't even do the Herceptin treatment. Mm-hmm. They said, we got to put you in the hospital. You can't, no. we don't want to let oh, you wow. go back home because, and I was in the infusion center. They said, no, because your, your count is dangerously low now. And so mm-hmm. I, they wheeled me from there 
which was connected to the hospital. And so they said, right. no, they took me right over. And my mom, so now I'm thinking, okay, my mom can't drive. <laughs> yeah, how's she going to get back gonna home? How's she going to get home? And so, so um, I called a friend and I said, please come and get my mom and take her back to my house, you know, so that, you know, she doesn't have to stay here. So I wound up staying in the mm-hmm. hospital. That was a Friday. And I remember it was just before. So my first treatment was around a few days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're in that week between Christmas and New Year's. Mm. So I'm, I'm like, Lord, I am not spending the New Year's no. in the hospital. <laughs> that yeah. is just not. And I was more thinking about that. Yeah, that's depressing. That. I yeah. said, no, yeah. I am not spending the New Year in the hospital because I feel like that really determines what exactly you're going to be doing for the rest of the year. And I'm like, no, this yeah. is not happening. Yeah. That's true. Right. It's how you started out. Not foreshadowing. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I called, you know, my prayer words. I said, listen, y'all need to really pray. I said, because I am in a hospital and I am not staying here. I'm not bringing a new year here. I need to go home. Yeah. So yeah. Um, everybody was praying. So every day they would try. And these shots, I mean, the pain that I felt in my back was like unbearable. Uh, yeah. But I said, you know what? Do what you got to do. And then I wound up getting sick in the hospital. I oh, literally no. felt like, I mean, the best way I know how to describe it is I felt like I had to pass out. I felt like my... You know, just everything, everything that anything that could happen, happened. Yeah. And right. I actually had people that were coming to visit me. They were at the door and I was like, I, <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. How do you so, even have that energy to talk to anyone or want to see And they anyone? didn't know. Yeah. I think they were, they had just surprised me because it was actually a woman that um, I had met who actually went through the same type of diagnosis at my church. We didn't mm. know each other. We sang in the yeah. choir together. And she found yeah. out about me, I think, on Facebook through our choir. Oh, wow. And she wound up coming to the hospital. And she was so like, sweet. oh, my gosh. And after that, her and I were inseparable. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's so Yeah, nice. so it yeah, reminds you just, me of you two. She just gets it. Yeah. yeah. Really sweet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She, she was just, uh, I mean, a godsend. She was there when I had my first treatment, actually. So we had met before. Oh, wow. She was like, oh, my gosh, oh, I got to go check on her. So she comes up. And uh-huh. I was just, like, so... So they checked it every day. And I remember it was a Monday. It was New Year's Eve day. Ooh, mm. we're getting and close. That, right. And that month, that day, <laughs> that morning, they came in, they did blood work. And I'm like, Lord, that blood work is going to send me home today. Yeah. Because I am yeah. not staying here. I would try and get up and walk out. And they were like, where are you going? I'm not going home. <laughs> Reel it back home. in, Charlotte. Let me out Reel of here. Back in. Yeah. <laughs> Look, pushing the, pushing the. <laughs> <laughs> pushing the IV down the, the IV. <laughs> I said I'm, I'm leaving I'm, I'm just leaving yeah. <laughs> and so the nurse came in she's like it was about mid to late morning she said okay and I said I know I'm going home right I'm going home right she's yeah. like well they did make a decision they are comfortable letting you go straight home I said that's all yeah. I want to do I'm going straight home yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I went straight home. I did not bring in the New Year's. It was New Year's Eve day. I was back home that Amazing. afternoon in my house. And I was so excited. Oh, yeah. So the journey had some twists and turns. But you know what? It is what it is. You know, you just get to the all, all I was focusing on. I kept mm-hmm. remembering the dream. And the dream yeah. said that I was getting to the other side. So yeah. whatever happened in the middle, I didn't know it was going to happen in the middle. But I just knew that that was my focus. Mm -hmm. That was exactly what I had my sights on because I knew that this. And I I think for me, too, there's so much that I want to do in life. And, you know, I think you if you when you kind of know what your purpose is, you're really not going Mm -hmm. anywhere until you finish it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So once you if you're if you're in the process of doing and living on purpose for your purpose, Mm -hmm. You're not going mm-hmm. anywhere until your purpose is completed, right. unless you yeah. make the decision not to fulfill it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just that. knew that I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I got so much more to do um, and so much yeah. more work to do. So after that, like I said, I was scheduled for six treatments. I'm doing research and I'm like, yeah, everything that I'm finding says four is really ah, what you need to do 
yeah. six is like the added bonus. And I'm like, yeah. oh. Mm-hmm. And they knew. And I said, listen, you might as well give me the information because I'm going to research it. I'm going right. to, yeah. I need I'm to find, find out. out. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to yeah. find out. They're like, we know. We already know, Charlotte, that you are going to. <laughs> Do your research. <laughs> and so at one point, my uncle, and they were sweet. They, I mean, when I tell you, they were, they were really, really sweet. Mm. And so um, I remember saying, hmm, four. And the, the young lady that we became friends who came to see me mm-hmm. at the hospital, she only did four. And she came, she got the same oh. research. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so you had someone that you knew what right. they did so that was probably in the back of your mind like why would I even do the extra if this yeah. person that I see that went through it was fine on four absolutely and so then I said um and I think too I was at the place where financially my resources were mm-hmm. depleted I mean yeah. I got my mom here yeah unemployment yeah. is gone mm-hmm. other sources right. savings everything is gone it's depleted mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, Lord, I got to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, and I, and I, the other thing is I got to get out this bed. I yeah. hated being yeah. in the bed. One uh, thing that, that um, yeah. the treatments were slowly, I mean, with every treatment, the second treatment, okay, I'm in the bed for about four days to maybe six. Yeah. I mean, by the third treatment, now it's like maybe a week and a half. Yeah. By that fourth treatment, I mean, it took me two weeks to recover. And right. then if we're doing like a 21 day cycle, I literally have one week before I got to go back in and have treatment again. Yeah. I was done. Ugh. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that feeling. Of yeah. Like, I was like, I hate this bed. I hate this yeah. bed. I got to <laughs> yeah. keep moving with life. Yeah. 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 So I just remember yeah. after that, I wind up saying, I said, Lord, I have got to go back to work and I got to get out this bed. Now, mind you, I didn't have strength. My job every day, yeah. Because my mother, mm-hmm. God bless her. I love her dearly. She did an amazing job. She did everything. She cooked. She cleaned. She did everything. Oh, I didn't amazing. do anything because wow. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah. And for somebody that is very independent, you know, lived mm-hmm. on my own, raised my own, you know, yeah. it was very hard for me to see her. Of course. Yeah. Go- because I know there were times when I could literally hear her crying. Oh, I mean, I, I could so hear hard. it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get out of this bed. Yeah. I said, this is it. This is yeah. enough. No and more. So, no, that's it. So I remember saying, Lord, I got to go back to work. I got to get out this bed. So mm-hmm. I need a job. <laughs> so I was putting in applications. I'm just going on. And we were in between treatment four and five. We had two weeks. It was two weeks before the next treatment. And I remember mm-hmm. going into my ecology doctor and I said to her, I said, listen, I'm very real. I said, so here's the situation. I got no money. My mother's here. I got to go back to work. She's like, now, Charlotte, um, let's just pray. And she was a, she she said, let's just pray. And I said, yes, we will pray. Oh, good. She was on the same way. You You were like, that's what I want to do. I said, yes, we will pray. I said, however, I have already asked the Lord that I need to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. she said, okay, this is what we'll do. Now she's saying, whatever she needs to say. She says, let's just keep the fifth treatment. We'll see what Mm -hmm. happens in the next two weeks. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay, but I knew that she knew that I'm not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) That's just not happening. (laughs) I'm done. I am finished. And so, and I had told her, cause she knew I was researching. I'm like, yeah, I kind of heard about four being okay. Mm, and the six right. kind of like being that she's like, well, yeah, Charlotte, you know, because it's aggressive. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Four. Okay. Yeah. You're like, four. That's it. <laughs> so I went back home and I remember about two days later, I get this phone call from, she was a recruiter. Now, mind you, I'm still getting known down here in Georgia. So all I work with yeah. were recruiters. This yeah. recruiter who I was signed up with, I think about a year before I even moved here. So that was about three years before. Never called no. me for any, any positions. Never. Right. She called me. And she says, Charlotte, wow. how are you? And I'm like, great. She says, I've been waiting to hear wow. from you. I put in the prayer the other day. So this was on time. Right. Yeah. And so she says, how are you? I'm like, I'm doing great. How are you? She's like, oh, I'm doing great. She said, guess what? I have a one week assignment. Are you up for it? I'm like, absolutely. When do I start? She yeah. said, um, she said, okay, well, this is what we'll do. Come back, come downtown and, you know, we'll, um, 
we'll get your paperwork done and then you'll be starting not so we were like in the middle of the week she said the following monday i said no problem i didn't have any hair on my head because when (laughs) i made the decision to shave my own hair off Mm-hmm. And this was probably after the first treatment. It might have been after the second treatment because the first treatment I was fine, but I started noticing because yeah. my hair was very, very thick. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing that it was, it almost felt a little kind of brittle. Yeah. Okay. You know, it felt like, I'm like, mm. so yeah. I made a decision. It's, I said, no, yeah. I'm, I, and I told my mom, I told my daughter and this mm-hmm. wonderful, beautiful woman that I met she was there at my house. My mom was there. My daughter was on video because she lived in another state. It was really difficult for her to see yeah. that. It was really, and I could yeah. tell it was hard. Yeah. Um, and so I just had the clippers because I did my own hair anyway. <laughs> so I just got the clippers out, clipped all my hair wow. off because here was the thing. I felt like that was still something that I had control over. Yeah. And I didn't want to wake up one day and see all of my hair beautiful thick yeah. hair laying on a pillow. Yeah. I said, right. no, I'll take it mm. off. So I cut it off. So I put a wig on, hated wigs, hate to this uh, day. Same. Hate. Yeah. Hate. Yeah. Agreed. I, but I said, you know <laughs> yep. what? I don't want pity. And I, yeah. I don't, I'm not telling, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. So I put a wig on my head. I went downtown. Now, mind you, after the phone call, my prayer then was Lord, give me strength. Because literally my job every day was to get out the bed, go to the shower by myself, wash myself up in the shower, come back to the bed. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. That's all yeah. I had enough strength to do. And mm-hmm. so then the prayer was, Lord, give me strength. Because mm-hmm. I literally, I mean, I had to really practice just walking around the room, you know, just yeah. to kind of build up some kind of stamina and win. And so that assignment came, I was like, yep, day one, I was like, whew. So my mom was like, she said, yeah, I'm just going to stay here until I see you are okay. Totally. (laughs) So that, and it was a temporary assignment for only a week. Well, Mm -hmm. we know how it's going to turn into more, right? (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, after that one week assignment, I think it was at the end of week two and a half, mm -hmm. the HR comes to me. She's like, Charlotte, are you looking for full-time work? I said, well, I can't solicit, but since you asked me a question, I can therefore answer the question. And absolutely. I am looking for full-time. She's like, cause Mm -hmm. we would love to have you. We would love to have you. That one week assignment turned into a full-time, full-time position. And I was like, and so, you know who I'm calling? I call my, my college Doc. doctor. I'm like, yeah. guess what happened? I know you were praying for me. <laughs> oh, I'm going amazing. Back to work. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I got a job. She was like, and I said, well, you that were praying. Incredible. I said, yeah. yeah. And, so and remind turned- us again, what was that time frame? Was it a week? How before you got that full-time job and the prayer with your oncologist? So the prayer happened. Two days later, oh, the conversation, the prayer happened, the conversation, same week, like maybe within a few days Uh after I saw my gynecologist, I mean, oncology doctor, um, I came back home. I don't think it was more than like maybe three or four days. And I get this phone call from now I'm applying and I get this phone call from this contract. And she was like, oh, yeah. Now she didn't know. And I never said anything. To her, yeah. I never said anything to the people, the firm, because I'm I work in the legal field, and I never said anything to my bosses. No one knew until now. Mind you, um, remember I had a double mastectomy, and I wasn't padding right. and doing all this other stuff. I'm just like, listen, it is what it is. I ain't got nothing. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So when it came time for me to have reconstruction, because at the time of the surgery, my plan was to have plastic surgery reconstruction at that time. However. Um, I didn't know that there was a possibility that I wouldn't be able to have it if they found cancer in the lymph nodes. So Mm -hmm. they took out 10 lymph nodes of my right arm and they found Mm -hmm. out that one and a half of one had cancer in it. So at that Mm -hmm. time they couldn't do the reconstruction surgery. And Mm -hmm. now this was another funny thing, not for me, but for my mom and my daughter who were there, 
<laughs> and I told my plastic surgeon, I said, don't put, I don't want no implants. Do not put yeah. implants in me. Uh-huh. Do not. She's like, are you sure? And I'm like, I am absolutely positive. She's like, but you're not. And I, I said, don't put no, don't put them implants in me. So she said, she said, okay. So while I was under and you know, they found out that the cancer was in the lymph nodes. Uh-huh. She mm-hmm. was like, she ran out to my mom and my daughter in the waiting room. She's like, listen, she's like, they found, she's like, do you think she would kind of want to wake up with something there? She said, I just need you guys to make a decision. Oh. So now she's, and I t- so my daughter and my mom come in after I wake up and they're like, you know, they took everything off. You're okay with that, right? <laughs> my daughter, <laughs> she's like, right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want no implant. She's like, we made the right decision. <laughs> oh my god! It's a toss up. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, she knew," and I she I, she probably just wanted reinforcement because you know everything. Yeah, but yeah, I never told anyone at my job now that I was full time at, and so mm-hmm. until the following year, so that was 2013. After I had mm-hmm. the final um, fourth treatment, I started work in February of 2013, mm-hmm. um, and so. Fast forward to October 2014, that's when I went ahead and had, I was getting ready to have reconstruction surgery, so I needed to be out. That's when I had the conversation with the attorneys that I supported, HR, I brought them all into a meeting. I said, listen, I need to have a meeting. They were like, what's Charlotte? What's she? Yeah. What is yeah. she? And I told them, and I said, when I first started here, I was probably a few weeks out from having um, major surgery and going through a cancer diagnosis and the, the mouths just dropped. Yeah. Right. Like, literally no around the table. And they were like, we had no idea. We had no yeah. idea. And I said, yeah, that's kind of the way I wanted it. And I think that was twofold because I, I needed to know for myself mm-hmm. yeah. that I could still do yeah. That my, cause I mean, you know, if, when you go through chemo, there were times when I literally could not talk Yeah. yeah. and because I knew that it was affecting my, I couldn't open my mouth okay. and that for me was very difficult because every morning I was in relationship and praying with the Lord every yeah. morning. So for me to wake up and not be able to talk, um, yeah. but the interesting thing that happened during that time was that. <laughs> Even though my mouth couldn't move because my my thoughts were kind of jumbled, I heard yeah. on the inside of me the same scriptures that I had meditated on for years. Mm-hmm. I heard them in my spirit coming out when on the days when I literally couldn't even talk. And that, yeah. for me, gave me peace to know that the spirit of God was with me and it was carrying me through this at times when I couldn't even talk. And so I mentioned that because I feel like um, I didn't want, I needed to know that I could still strength wise, the Lord was giving me strength. I knew that I could do it. I just needed an opportunity and I didn't want that pity. I didn't want people to kind of, you know, let's not give her too much because, you know, we don't know. I didn't want that. Exactly. Yeah. So I said, no, I didn't want that. And so, yeah, after that, the research intensified. (laughs) Because mm-hmm. I felt like now here I am with a condition called lymphedema, where, yeah. you know, when you lose the lymph nodes, which I mean, come on, it's part of how the fluid travels throughout your entire body. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have them, the fluid tends to pool quite often. Mm-hmm. Right. Another funny story. So at my church there, one of the choir directors, his mother had had breast cancer and he had started a choir, I think a few years before. I didn't know he was even doing the choir outside of the mm. church. And it was all breast cancer. All the, all the people in the choir had been through best breast cancer. Wow. All of us. Oh my so goodness. we would get together. It was fun because we would, we would be, yeah. Um, yeah, we would go to different places that he would schedule us. And um, yeah. we would perform. And it was just like great. Oh, that is great. Were so, you in contact with them through the treatment? And everything not through the treatment okay After. yeah because i felt like it was After. just it was just a lot it was a lot going yeah. on um oh, for sure. yeah yeah and so yeah it was just i mean i just the, the stories that i had to tell throughout the journey through then yeah. it was just i mean i just i think everything happened for a reason i honestly mm-hmm. do yeah. so 
It now, like that. when I go look back on it, I don't, I mean, we can all have regrets, but I did what I knew. I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't know anything different. And I remember somebody had said, oh, well, you need to try this. You need to try that. And I'm like, I'm doing whatever God tells me to do. And guess what? The Lord gave me the peace Incredible. and the strength to go through it. Not just for me. I'm telling you, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. I was just, yeah. I was in the <laughs> it was background. It was a film. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, from that, I just, you know, I just took away that it, it's okay. Do I regret yeah. the decisions I made? No. But I tell you what, it really increased my hunger to know more. And so my mm-hmm. research began to really intensify. I really started digging deep into um, some of the causes, some of the things naturally right. that can actually help the body to recover. I started looking at some of the things that I was putting on my body. I started looking yeah. at some of the things that were in my home. Um, and so mm-hmm. the research for me really intensified between 2013 and really 2015. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. like inundated with as much information. And I, one of the things that, that initially started this was, I think I was recovering. I think I had gone back to work and I saw this mm-hmm. documentary called The Truth mm-hmm. About Cancer by Ty Bollinger. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but um, him mm-hmm. and his wife do an amazing, amazing work. He had okay. seven, seven of his family members die from cancer, including wow. his parents, you know, yeah. uncles, things like that, but seven. And it sent him on a Ooh. quest around mm. the world. And so he right. did these documentaries. And this was, you know, in 2013, where we were, there was a heavy, it was a lot more censoring going on then than it is now. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. I mean, things would happen. And I said, Lord, I know this has got to be you because I wasn't right. looking for this. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't even in the vicinity to find it. And I happened uh-huh. to be on YouTube and I saw them post this showing all nine episodes of this documentary for a week's time. You mm-hmm. had to catch it then because they were going to pull it down. Well, I happened to catch it at the beginning. Yeah. I was yeah, able I to watch all the documentaries the first one had me because I was like, I was just initially, so he did a documentary, he went around the world and he interviewed, some were doctors that practiced conventional medicine at one time, and mm-hmm. then they actually changed over to a more holistic approach. They adopted mm-hmm. different modalities from people around the world and in different cultures and how they actually mm-hmm. use food, plants, different things, herbs, in order yeah. to be a, and different, I mean, there's called blue zones. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. Blue zones yeah. are places where people live to be centurions, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so the truth about cancer is what really perked and really sparked me on, I mean, a deeper dive into everything that I'm doing now, because yeah. it was those videos that really got, I said, oh my goodness, I didn't know about this. Why didn't right. I know about this? Yeah. The initial response for me was I got angry. Mm. I was angry because I felt like how many people have to die Mm -hmm. so that you can make a book? Yeah. Human life is not more valuable than than you making money. Seriously. Mm -hmm. And so it it initially, like I said, I was angry. But then I became empowered. I said, okay, that's Mm -hmm. all I need is the information. I can make my own decisions and now I can help other people make decisions as well. So then I just began to be known, (laughs) unbeknownst Mm -hmm. to me as the go-to person. Mm -hmm. You know, if whatever you, whatever you got going on, Charlotte can, Charlotte can help you whether or wherever I was working. And I just really, I I just had a passion. So then I, I said, my daughter said one day, she said, in 20, I think it was in 2016, the end of 26, she said, mom, why don't you just start a business? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have a web. <laughs> First thing I said was I don't have a website. <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't have a website. That's, yeah. That's the most daunting thing. For, For like, me too. I was like, I can't make a website. <laughs> I said, I don't have a website. She's like, yeah. seriously. She's like, you don't yeah. need a website. She's like, I can show. She said, listen, go on social media open up a Facebook and she said, start a business page. So she's telling me all these things and I'm like, yeah, thinking, I'm like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll do a little, you know, it's, you know, yeah. So it was very small because I was still working and mm-hmm. that was 27, 2017 where Jay Roth as well, 
And J Rafa yeah. actually means Jehovah, he, Jehovah Rafa. Jehovah Rafa is translated my healer. Mm. Oh, wow. So okay. that's, I was going to ask you. Yeah. So yeah. that's the name, Amazing. J Rafa's well, holistic health coaching. Because I, I want to create a well where people that have been diagnosed with cancer or their mm-hmm. families can yeah. get the information that they need so that they can make informed decisions with all the information, not just yeah. the conventional information, yeah. but also the holistic information. When I started hearing about Thai being in like India or China or Malaysia, people mm-hmm. that have gone through much more horrific um, diagnosis than mine. We're talking about yeah. stage, can- stage four pancreatic cancer being healed wow. by herbs wow. and natural foods. Yeah. It's right. just, it blew my mind. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's just yeah. mind-boggling. So then, you know, you learn about the whole triangle. And I think this was during the anger phase. It was anger <laughs> that really fueled me to do more, though. You yeah. know, it wasn't anger that, oh, I yeah. need to go, you know, beat somebody up. No. Of course, yeah. Because there's right. no one person to really target, first of all. <laughs> right. yeah. It's a whole, yeah. you know, organization. It's It's very, very intricate and it's very it's very involved and but the good thing is that I can at least inform other people so that they can have all the options available to them to make a decision for Mm -hmm. their own body Mm -hmm. you know and really pay attention to what their body is telling them to do I remember thinking oh well sleep wow sleep is critical I know right we put that on the back burner and it, it yeah. controls so much. It really does. And I tell you what, me and sleep have always been very, very close. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me always too. close. I oh. am Same here. I can fall sleep. asleep anywhere. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> Same. So um, yeah. that's, that's how J. Rafa's well started. And I think here in, anyway. so then I began to fine tune it. So here we are now in a pandemic. And yeah. I was working, I was exhausted, you know, being in my relationship with the Lord, you know, I, I became a licensed minister while I was still in Connecticut. And then that wow. evolved into different types of ministries mm-hmm. that I'm involved in. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, when COVID hit, I literally was exhausted. I mean, yeah. involved in other ministries and my mm-hmm. own, you know, being, you know, have a lot of things. Plus I work in a full-time job doing yeah. a business part-time right you know it was a lot a on lot. my plate yeah so and being an introvert i am generally really an introvert when COVID hit wow. i, like, I would have never guessed never. I <laughs> never oh my gosh wow listen here's the thing i know how to be social yeah but my sweet spot mm-hmm. is right mm-hmm. here right i yeah. can go and when i get overload you know, I'm mm. very social, but when I've had enough, yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm going home. I, I gotta go home. My, t- my own time. Yeah, I, yeah. I need to get away because yeah, it's too much. I'm too. It's too much. Uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I need to recharge. Like, I need to recharge. Yeah, exactly, recharge. <laughs> right. Yeah. You. Yeah. You are such a delight to talk to, Charlotte. I just. Mm-hmm. I came in this, I know I was telling y'all that I was feeling sick all of today. I've been in so much pain, but this uplifted me, this conversation. Like it really did. You are so inspiring and your journey with the Lord has been such an amazing part of this podcast. Like I, I just am so glad that you were able to teach us something. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're so welcome. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank so you. yeah, highlight my cancer conquerors and I call them cancer conquerors because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Anyone can just survive. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want, I want you to become a conqueror so you can thrive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It's just like when you yeah. come through diagnosis, you're now coming through treatment. Okay. Well, I've made it over that. I've survived. No, you want no. to be better right. than you were before yeah. you even went into it. Yeah, so absolutely. that's what I help my cancer conquerors who thrive in their body, in their mindset, and also in their environment. Mm-hmm. The mindset is key because your mind has the ability to literally heal your body. So that's yeah. what I teach them. Sure. I got my six week program that is available in group form for those that want to prevent. And I also mm-hmm. have individual one on one. 
for those clients that want to dig dive in that six week program and know what it's like to thrive. So amazing. Amazing. Love it. Coaching with Charlotte. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was going to, where can, where can people find you Charlotte? So um, you can find me at J Rafa's bell on that's my website.com. Okay. Or you can go to my link tree at CJ health coach. Okay. Or you can go to Facebook, Jay Roth as well, Instagram, Jay Roth as well, or you can just find me, Charlotte James. It's a lot. Incredible. <laughs> but no, no, it's good. It's good. You are going to find Charlotte ways. if you want to find Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> find me. You will find me. <laughs> and I would love it's to be perfect. your health coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so love much that. for and being I'll here put, today. Um, I'll put that information in the in the podcast description as well Definitely. so anyone can find you. Awesome. So nice Definitely. meeting you, ladies. Nice so nice meeting meet you. Too. Listen, oh. I am encouraged by you guys because oh, you are it. at such a critical place in where you are, not just in life, but look mm-hmm. what you've overcome at your age. And here you are doing a podcast. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Love so it. Much. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. You're amazing. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, take care. Thank Thank you. You too. too. All righty. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually experience. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories. Until next time.